Let's talk about films and shit. Ghost Facing It, the podcast where I talk favorite films with some of my favorite people, and I'm very happy to welcome my friend Wade back. Wade, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Just getting over the office bug TM. So, you know, might have some accidental ASMR. Don't worry about it, because <laughs> I am getting over something a little less serious than the office bug, but completely avoidable, so we're good. Um... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, and I do appreciate you coming on after having the office bug. I felt a little bad when you said you had the office bug. I was like, oh, please don't feel obligated to come on if you are not feeling well. <laughs> no, you know, it's fine. It went away within a day, but then the pollen attacked. And like lingering. can't come back from that. So, you know, I'm not meant to survive an apocalypse if I've learned anything. <laughs> well, and I feel like Flo like the Florida weather just doesn't help. Like if you were up here in Chicago, it is so cold outside. Like that would just kill like any allergy you had. Right, right. It it is. It does not help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Florida is just like a hotbed for allergens. I oh, guess. it's out to kill me. It is, unfortunately. That's how that's how Florida rolls. Hey, <laughs> but the good thing is, if you can, I, honestly, if you can survive Florida, you can probably survive the apocalypse. Uh, I'm not sure. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's one of those scenarios. I. We're about to get very bleak here on Ghost Days, and that's one of those scenarios. If there's ever an apocalypse, I'm always like, just take me out in that first wave. I don't want to be here for that. Yeah, Let's... I'm like, I could do it, but I don't know if I want that challenge. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't want that challenge. I'm just like, you know, that first initial like, oh, four billion people died. I want to be a part of that. That's right, just right. like <laughs> again, like very. Go. <laughs> it seems like the way to go. I don't want to survive. I don't want to have to like scrounge for food or anything like that. Again, very bleak early on in this podcast. Right, very know, this sorry. This is how we go. This is how we go from here. <laughs> we got very serious. Um, <laughs> and it is February. Um, and when we're recording this, it is the day after uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, but it is February, so it is the month of Valentine. So, and who doesn't love love? As I've maintained the past two episodes, I mean, I know I love love. Wade, do you love love? It has its moments. It does have its moments. It's not always kind. <laughs> but with the movie we're talking about, it is very kind. And what rom com are we talking today? <clears throat> uh, we are talking the classic Miss Congeniality. I literally, I, I, I've already texted this to you, but I was literally so excited that I got to watch this again. I, cause I remembered and it was just like, I get to watch Miss Congeniality this week, <laughs> and I just got very excited. I know I was watching it and I was like, compared to the other two movies this month, this might not be the most rom com y, but like, you know, it's got the, it leans hard on comedy, soft on rom, but that's okay. Yes, but it does have the rom in it. Yeah. It does. It does. And I think, well, and Sandra Bullock, I feel like, especially in the 90s, she did a couple rom-coms and she did a bunch of other fil like films, kind of like Miss Congeniality leaning, where it's more like comedy than rom. But like, to me, like she she feels up there with Meg Ryan, like as like the queen of rom-coms. I don't know if right, you agree. Like she, she's definitely done a lot of rom-coms and you could say there's more applicable rom-coms to this month, but. For me, nothing beats Miss Congeniality. I love Miss Congeniality. It's, it's just such like, a good it, film. It is. And like it, it literally is a director that was like, hey, you know everything you love about Sandra Bullock? Here's a movie that's just exactly. everything you love with Sandra Bullock. And you're just like, 
yeah, you're not wrong. Like, you've right. literally <laughs> given me, like, the perfect Sandra Bullock movie. Um, truly. It, it truly is. Uh, so before we get started, we are going to do a 30-second summary. And Wade, I was saying to you before we started recording, I think you have the best the best 30-second summary so far with Finding Nemo. Yours was the quickest and the cleanest. So are you ready to, to hold up? You're the reigning uh, champion, I feel like. See, you know, but I would have to give it to... It was Maddie who did... Um, the first movie this month, whose name Princess Bride, right? With the quotes. Yes. yes. That was a uh, great she, one. I loved it. <laughs> she killed it. She was like, hey, I'm going to do a 30-second summary that's longer than 30 seconds, and it's all quotes. And I was just like, all right, let's go for it. And she, she killed it. I mean. Ah, uh, man. I mean, like, that's my gold standard that I'll never hit. So. <laughs> that is, yes. That, that was one of those 30-second summaries. I was like, well, shit. Like, I was just like, oh, well, that was amazing. But but again, you've had the shortest and the cleanest 30-second summary. Uh, well, you know, here's hoping we can do it again. Exactly. I'm trying to create a rivalry between you and Maddie since you guys have never uh, met. And you only you both only know me. So I can, like, fuel this. I'm ready. I'm ready to throw hands. Oh, oh damn. Uh, Maddie, the challenge has been extended. Uh, We're waiting for you. We're waiting for your response. <laughs> I'm going to get a text once this, this uh, or like a message once this episode airs and be like, why did you do that? Wade seems perfectly pleasant. I don't know why you're making us like throw hands. And then, and then you just immediately went to, I'm, I'm down to throw down. Like, I think that says a lot about me. To be honest, them Florida rules right there. <laughs> and I, you know, I am a native Floridian, so I don't know anything I different. I was going to say, I'm also a native Floridian, so I completely understand, like, I'm always down to throw down, and I said that the other day, and someone at work looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> when you come from Florida, it's like Fury Road. You're just kind of like... You gotta be ready. Gotta be ready. You gotta be always ready to throw down. <laughs> um, so we'll go ahead and do the 30-second summary. Um, wait, okay. Do you, want me to, do you want me to count you down, or do you just want to go into it? Ooh, count me down, please. Count you down. All right. And we'll go in three, two, one, go. Okay, so Sandra Bullock plays an FBI agent, and a terrorist is threatening the Miss USA pageant, and Sandra Bullock has to go undercover to save the Miss USAs, and she finds love and friendship along the way. Sir, you did that in 12 seconds. <laughs> you were literally, like, I don't think you've ever done, like, as, out of the two you've done, you haven't gone over 15 seconds. <laughs> Because I give no plot. <laughs> I'm like, there's no detail. But you sum it up really well. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but let's let's do a deeper dive into the plot. So one of the things oh, I really love course. about Miss... I know, I know you're down because we've already talked about this. We love both this movie and the sequel, which is also uh, a Yeah, classic. I definitely own both on Blu-ray. <laughs> I mean, if you don't own both on Blu-ray, if someone's listening and doesn't own... Both of them on Blu-ray. You need to reevaluate your life choices. You really do. This... It's only like 12 bucks off Amazon. That's not that yeah. much. <laughs> yes. And they're both classics. The second one has her tackling Dolly Parton. If that doesn't sell you on that film, I don't know what to tell you. Right. <laughs> That's always one of my favorite parts. Um, but I do. So obviously, uh, like you said, like the Miss America pageant is um, threatened and we get to meet a lot of the the pageant queens as we go into it um i'm gonna get there just give me a second i'm very slow this morning <laughs> um, um but what is it 
I feel like obviously the plot matters to a bunch of movies, but I really love that this one's set with the Miss America pageant, and I love Gracie versus these other pageant queens that we see. But what is it about Gracie and this plot that you really love, and the movie in general? <clears throat> I think it's a it's a solid rom com, yes. and I think it's you get a good character arc with Gracie where she's like this tough ready to go career woman and then essentially has to go up against these like Barbie dolls and then you realize the Barbie dolls have lives and backstories and I guess it put like a little twist on what you thought of a pageant girl before we were woke and we're like oh pageant girls are people too <laughs> right I do feel like there's parts of this movie that feel like Hey, hey, dumbasses, like, you know, these are people too. But at the same right. time, like, the, there's parts of it, like, because I think this is from 2000. I think this movie is 20 years old, which made me yes. feel very old it, the other day. Because I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, how is this movie that old? But it's been around since I was little. So that makes sense. But I was just like, oh, well, there we go. Uh, but I, I do agree with what you said. Like, like now that we're, like, like you said, woke, uh, like, it's just one of those things that, this movie was like, I do like that they explored. I like the female friendships in this movie and that they were like, you know, I like what this movie does with female characters because there's obviously a ton of different women in the world. Like, you know, we're not all just like beholden to one thing. Like, just because you're a Miss America uh, contestant doesn't mean you're beholden to this one thing. But I do, I've always related very strongly to Gracie and Sandra Bullock characters kind of in general. Um and I don't know if you agree, but Sandra Bullock, she she plays them differently, but she tends to play the same kind of woman who's just a very relatable woman, if that makes sense. Like, it's the same thing, but it's different. No, I would agree. I, I think all of her characters, she brings, like, a similar heart to them. Yes. Where it's like, <clears throat> no matter what they're doing, there's always something relatable about them. And you yeah. can sit there and be like, ah, I see myself in you. Right. And I think I, I spoke to this a little bit um, last week when I was talking to my mom about Man Up, that it, Sandra Bullock movies are always kind of nice because she's – Sandra Bullock is very attractive, but she also just has that feel of, like, the regular the regular person. Like, again, it's not like Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey where you're like, I'm never going to look like that. Or you know what I mean? Like, she always has some sort of job or look that's always, like, attainable, I think is the – best right right like clearly i'm never gonna be sandra bullock but yes it's watching that movie i'm like okay when she's in the fbi like you could look like that and like yes. obviously when she's in the pageant she's all like dolled up done up but if you had a team you could look like that too yes oh Even yeah though, you I... know like you can't but <laughs> you like to think you can't I was about to say, I feel like it would, uh, like, I can't, I can't speak for you, Wade, but I feel like for me, at least, it would take a whole, like, FBI hired team, as is in the movie, to look, to look that good. So I feel like it's one of those things that, that was another relatable thing. I was like, no, yeah, it would take a team. It really does take a village, guys, doesn't it? Oh, wow. Look right. at that. Like, it's, but I, I do like, I really like the scene where she comes out of the warehouse and, you know, like. They're playing like Mustang Sally and she's all, mm -hmm. she's all dressed up and she's coming out and then she trips. And she that just to trips. Me is, yes. And it's always like, there's a lot of physical comedy in this movie, which I didn't really realize until I like started rewatching it. And 
I feel like we underappreciate the physical comedy of Sandra Bullock a little bit. Like, because she does, it's very, like, subtle, but she does it very well in this movie. Again, I don't right. know if you agree with that, but. And no, I, does, I really do. I think, like, there's, like, she trips a couple times, but they always feel appropriate. Yes. And even, like, the gliding scene, like, hey, I'm gliding here. That's Yes. That's not, like, you know, none of that's spoken comedy. No, it's very much just that physical, like, and I do like when at the beginning when she comes back um, from the the semi-botched, uh, uh, like, sting operation in the beginning, and she comes mm-hmm. back and she runs into her bed, and then she right. just, like, kicks, kicks her bed, and then her microwave won't shut, so she just keeps, like, slamming the door. Like, there's a couple bits there that I feel, I just feel like, especially, like, I don't know, like, Within the past, like, ten years especially, we've gone away from physical comedy. It used to be a bigger thing. Um, but I feel like she gets underappreciated for that. So I was well, just I, like, it was... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think she just, like... It's a subtle physical comedy. Yes. And it's not so over the top. And right. that's what we've lost. Like, you know, yes. people are like, physical comedy and I'm going to flail everywhere. And she's like, I ran into a bed. Right. But she makes it work, and she extends, like, because I think she runs into the bed, like, two or three times, and it's different every time. It and is. it's just, it <laughs> is, and it's just, like, but it's very relatable, because that's how I run into my bed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those right. things that you're just, like, like, even more relatable. Like, I've done that literally, like, five times this morning on my way to getting ready for work, and I feel very called out, Miss Congeniality. How did you know that I run into my bed like that? But it is, right. like... Especially, like, when you look at, like, Melissa McCarthy does a lot of physical comedy, I think, more modernly. I don't think that's the word, but, like... But yes. Like, yes, modernly. I, I have all the best <laughs> all the best words this morning. On this uh, top-rated podcast, iTunes number one. On this top-rated podcast, <laughs> iTunes number one, yes. Um, that is not verified, uh, but we're going to pretend like it's verified. <laughs> it's totally verified. Uh, but especially, like, I think Melissa McCarthy's the more modern one, like, but she does do that, like, over the top, like, you know, Dick Van Dyke used to be really good at physical comedy, but it was that over the topness of it. But that's what I really like about Miss Congeniality. I think that kind of explains the whole movie is the subtlety of everything in it, if that makes sense. Right. It's, it's not necessarily, like, in your face all the time. Like, there's jokes, yeah. there's physical comedy, but a lot of it's kind of subtle. Yes, and it's and like you like we were kind of saying like it is it, it in the most technical sense it is a rom com but it might be like the least rom commy movie we're probably talking this month but it is a rom com but it is like the subtle rom com right um, right and I like and I listened I caught up yesterday to you and your mom doing Man Up and your mom was talking about like that dark moment or black moment I don't know it was a foreign term to me but. <clears throat> I, I saw it in Miss Congeniality when uh, Sandra Bullock's character really believes that the terrorist is still within the Miss USA pageant and the FBI thinks that they've caught him. Yes. And nobody believes her. And that's like her dark moment. It is. And I mean, like, it, were you like, you're like, oh, it's <laughs> like, like, it. it it really is, I don't want to say by paint by numbers rom-com, because that's very unfair to Miss Congeniality, because it is, it, it it very much leans more towards the comedy, um, the romance kind of seems, which I'm going to get back to the romance, because I think that Agent Matthews was in love with her the whole time, which oh, we'll yes. get back to tropes. 
I, I knew you'd agree with me. So I'm very, <laughs> I was, I was like, I was like, Wade's going to agree with me on that. Uh, but it is very, like it, when you break down, I think my mom broke down rom-coms really well. And I think it, it does come from, obviously we spoke about it a little bit last week, but romance novels and rom-coms have some similarities. And I think it's the very, like, you have to have that dark moment of just, you know, and all movies have, it's not just rom-coms that have it, but when you, when you kind of see it and break it down, especially for rom-com, rom-coms tend to have it more, I think. Because you do have to have that mi- minor angsty moment, and that's right. really theirs. And I do kind of like that it's not really the romance that is put in danger by that dark moment. It very much is a, a legitimate, like, life and death. Like, no, seriously, I think this terrorist is still... Um, right, it's like the whole plot of the movie is a terrorist, but your yes. B plot is that romance. yes. Which comes through so well because you do have Sandra Bullock, who she she just feels like America's sweetheart. Like, and I've always loved Sandra Bullock. She's one of my favorite actresses. She always has been, and it's just there's something. Yeah, it is very much the B plot, but it it does come through, and it it adds weight to the rom com part of it. That that dark moment of it, right? Um. With when, especially when Agent Matthews decides to, I don't even know his first name. What is his first name? It's Eric, but I had to write it down because I never remember. I never, like, literally, I I think I have it in my notes at somewhere, but I was just, literally, I think I've just written, like, Agent Matthews every single place. Oh, uh, that's by what the, I wrote. Yes. This is all, like, and it's not even just, like, Matthews, it's Agent Matthews. Like, that is his, uh-huh. name. his first, his first name is Agent. That is, it, I mean, his, it might as well be. Exactly. Um, played by the wonderful Benjamin Bratt, who I do love, and I don't think pops up in movies nearly enough as much as I would like. Um, I think he might have been, like, one of my first crushes, because I feel like I remember this movie. I've, I've always, like, had a crush on Agent Matthews. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I can only think of this that he's in off the top of my head every time. He shows up, he, uh, Benjamin Bratt always shows up, like, in, like, like, not secondary roles, but he's always, like, that, like, that background actor that you're always like, oh, you're in this movie. And you know him and Sandra Bullock were in, um, were in Demolition Man together. Have you ever seen Demolition Man? No, that's probably, like, one of the few Sandra Bullock movies I've never seen. So, well, Demolition Man, something, oh, you're in for a treat if you ever end up deciding to watch it. That movie is very, like, 90s. (laughs) <laughs> and it's batshit crazy because it's basically just Sylvester Stallone versus Wesley Snipes. And you're just like, well, shit. Like, this is just, it's like the most B movie to ever, like, B movie. So, like, it's just kind of like, you're just like, oh, no, I'm down. And Sandra Bullock's very, there's the funniest non-sexy sex scene, I feel like, is in Demolition Man. If that will sell you on it. You and anybody I listening. Mean, uh, you've sold me. I just, I'm gonna go watch it right after we're done. I mean, I don't wanna I don't wanna over oversell it, but again, the best non sexy sex scene is in that movie. I'm it's not even really it. a sex scene. <laughs> it's when you watch it, you're just I remember watching it when I was younger and I was like, What is happening? I don't I have no idea what's happening, but here we go, demolition man. Um <laughs> But yes, Benjamin Bratt, like I to be honest. I can't name another movie off the top. I can name Coco, but I just watched Coco. He's he's in Coco, right? Oof. 
<laughs> I have no idea. I think he is. I think he plays, um, ooh, the bad guy, who we don't know is the bad guy. And I, I can't remember any character names. Ernesto de la Cruz? That's it, Ernesto de la Cruz. Thank yeah, you, thank it. you, Wade. Really? Yes, I, I'm pretty sure that's Benjamin Brett. Oh, wow. My whole world's turning upside down. There you go. You Now you have Demolition Man and Coco to look forward to. Two completely opposite movies, I might add. I They're- mean... <laughs> I'm gonna turn into the number one Benjamin Bratt stand. <laughs> exactly. This is now a, a Benjamin Bratt stand podcast. Uh, Sorry, Adam Driver, you've been replaced. <laughs> I mean, oh, we're not going that far. Uh, wait, I think I think we need to. I think we need to calm it down oh, a little let me bit. Revoke my. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to go crazy. Uh, Adam, I'm very sorry. I know you listen to this podcast religiously. I can't believe you just said that. Um, you know, I, I like to make a lot of false claims on here. Just tack it to that. <laughs> just the uh well i do agree this could be a benjamin bratt one but i just don't want to go crazy <laughs> um also this name is eric matthews because now all i think of is boy beats world because the brother's name is eric matthews right and that might be why i'd never remember his name is eric i think so because like he's uh to be honest if i'm v- and i'm very sorry benjamin bratt after we turn this into a stan podcast but uh I love Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World, so I feel like you're, like, number two. I do. I'm very sorry. Right, right. It's it's not your fault, but, like, you're number two. You're number two. I mean, Eric was the best part of Boy Meets World. As I've slowly been rewatching it on Disney+, Plus. I'm like, ooh, yeah, no, Eric's the best. <laughs> uh, so I do want to go a little bit also into the tropes, uh, because this movie does play up to those romantic comedy tropes. We have a little bit of uh, the transformation trope um, that actually me and my mom, it was really funny because uh, my mom talked about last week, like she does, she's not a huge fan of that. If it's done like, oh, you're transformed, like you've, you've, you've had some, it's very much the Pygmalion effect. Like you've had this makeover and now suddenly I'm attracted to you. Um, right. How d- I think they handle the transformation trope really well in this movie because, like I said, I maintain that he was in love with her the whole time, and he just he didn't he didn't he didn't react very well with it, and didn't know what to do with it, and then this kind of is the catalyst for that. How do you how do you feel like they handled that transformation trope? I I, I think they did it perfectly. I think they towed that like comedy line real well it's not over the top right but it's just there that you're like i get it it's funny and then you know it's sandra bullock so she's never not gonna look pretty coming out of something right and you see her walk out to mustang stally and you're like ah yes this is why everybody's in love with you but he really i think agent matthews really was in love with her from the first from the beginning Yes. And I think, again, I think, like, I think he didn't know what to do with it. And I do think there's a, the, obviously they work for the FBI and they do operations and there's always that element of danger. But I think that, um, I think for whatever reason, the, I think it was the transformation mixed with a bunch of other things. Cause he really did like her. Cause they, they have that back and forth a little bit outside of, they have an interaction, I think at a bar. Um, and, Matthews does bring a date who's like a student that's mm-hmm. like doing research for the FBI. But I think that, I don't know, I, this time I was watching, I was like, dude, he he was so like gone from like, they, 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 I think something 
probably could have happened but never happened and this was a good catalyst for it. Well, I I think too like <clears throat> even in the beginning of the movie she you see her and she like has a crush on this kid and stands up for him and then the kid completely turns against her and she just punches him right in the face. And so right. I think that's her is like oh, I might like you but you'll never really know. Right. Yeah, it's very much like he might have wanted something to happen, and she was just like, well, this never works out well for me, so. Right, and so you give her this, like, makeover, and all of a sudden she's, like, had to strip away everything she knows. And so she's more vulnerable and, like, open to it. Right. And so I, I think it was, like, that combined with everything else that really pushed the two together. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's such a, and they have a fun back and forth. Actually, I don't want to keep pushing Demolition Man because we're not pushing, <laughs> we're not watching Demolition Man, but I think even like in Demolition Man, cause they're, they're cops together in that. Um, mm -hmm. and they have a, I, I don't want to spoil anything for Demolition Man for cause you've never seen it. Um, I but, mean, you can spoil it. It's I've had what thirty years to watch it and haven't. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, because they they're cops in the future, and so they're very like it, 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 they're very like gee golly because like we've out. I think in, if I remember correctly, Demolish Man, we've outlawed cursing, we've outlawed any profanity, <laughs> violence, like all this stuff, and so like you get to see a very watered down version. I think of what we get to see in Miss Congeniality, like of. Because they're partners, and and uh, Sylvester Stallone is the romantic interest for Sandra Bullock in Demolition Man, which is its own thing, which has always been weird to me. But <laughs> that's just me. Sorry, Sylvester Stallone. He just <laughs> he just doesn't scream leading man to me. So like it's no. just one of those things. It's always like that's like in the the most recent Jumanji movies, they've tried to put Karen Gillan and The Rock together, and I'm just kind right. of like I, that doesn't. It just doesn't. It doesn't quite work. No, and it's nothing against the two of them. I'm sure they're perfectly lovely, and obviously The Rock is married. But The Rock doesn't scream like romance leading man to me. No, Even though I think, like, no. physically he probably is, like, the perfect, like, like the, the Fabio on those uh, those covers <laughs> of romance novels. But, like, to me, it's just always, like, when they do stuff like that, you're just like, oh, well. Uh, it just, I, I don't, it just doesn't work. Sorry, The Rock. <laughs> I'm not trying to be more like Benjamin Bratt. That's all I'm saying. That's all we can ask. That's all we can ask. <laughs> um, and I do want to talk about uh, another kind of trope that I think this movie subverts really well. We talked, we spoke to it a little bit earlier was um, kind of women interacting with each other. And I think we've gotten better in films just in general. Uh, obviously women don't need to be rivals, but I do like how, like, because we all have these, and it starts out because Gracie has these assumptions of uh, Miss American pageant queen, Miss America pageant queens, and we all have that same assumption. And it turns into, it ends up blossoming these really great friendships, especially that little group that she has. Um, I think they transform, like, the women as rivals. Uh, women as rivals kind of trope in rom-coms really well. And I don't know, I don't know if you agree with that or not. Well I, I was watching it last night and because that's how I spent my Valentine's Day and 
I noticed that, like, come to think of it, this is probably the first movie I really saw that the females, like, weren't fighting each other the whole time. Right. They were actual friends. And they, like, got to know each other and were real people. Right, even though they are rivals, they they are just rivals by the competition standard. Right, they're like, like by nature they have to be rivals, but yes. they're kind of choosing not to be in a way, and they're like, okay, like outside of competition, it's fine. We'll do whatever we want to, but inside right. competition, we all agree that like, yeah, I want to beat you. Yes, but everybody's I, okay with it. Right, because that's what I mean. Like that's kind of what you came here to do, and I feel like for whatever reason, I think there were. Um, there's there were three writers on this. One was one was uh, a man, and the other two were women. So I think that speaks to it a little bit. Like having having a female writer obviously helps, but right. it is always funny to see those tropes of like it, it was nice to see like a natural female friendship like on the screen. And right. you know, like I don't I don't want to get like all like oh you know like I don't want to <clears> be <throat> one of those podcasts. It's like oh look, it's just feminism and women are better than men and stuff. Like that's not what I'm trying to say. It's just like it was nice to see. Well, I think it's because like, it was natural. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, and it wasn't. It was. It was because they met at that like first morning breakfast together, right? And Miss Hawaii and Miss New York were already like at each other's throats, and then Sandra Bullock makes a aloha aloha joke. Which is always funny. It always makes Which me is laugh. Hilarious. And, it is hilarious. <laughs> you know, that's when you kind of start to see, like, the beginning of this is when Gracie really is starting to learn that, like, okay, people are people. And then all the pageant girls are starting to learn, like, oh, we can be friends. And you see right. the, like, start of miscongeniality, like, right there, day one. Right. And. It is, I, I think, I think with lesser writer, I do, I do like the writing in this. And actually the, the humor in this is like totally my humor. That aloha, aloha joke is like, right. th that, that to <laughs> me is like, like, and I think like, like you were saying, like, it's just funny. Like if you ever want to get like my sense of humor, it's this movie because like everything. And I do also love at the breakfast when the, she has her earpiece in it, it's not working mm -hmm. and they plug it in and she goes, Jesus Christ. And then she's like, oh. I forgot I to forgot pray before to pray. I had my bagel. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just one of those things like, that is totally my comedy. I feel like a lot of like how I am like humor wise was shaped a lot by Sandra Bullock, just in general. Like as I watched right. this movie, I was like, oh, I think I got my personality from watching Sandra Bullock. Like this is just like, that's yeah, me. Everything she says, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure I've done that in my life at some point. <laughs> yes. And at some point, oh, she has a, well, my, I think my favorite line and the most favorite line of, I think like the most quoted line of this movie is obviously the April 25th joke. The, oh, what is, what's classic. the perfect date? It is classic. And then every April 25th, it comes up again. But I think it, Sandra Bullock react. I can't remember what line it is. It's something that Michael Caine says to her and the way she reacts to it. I'm just like, Oh, I've never felt so called out by a film before. That is totally me. Like I was just like, that is how I would react to that. Like it's just again, it's that relatableness of Sandra Bullock slash Gracie just in general. Uh um, right. but it's just and and wait, I feel like me and you have a very similar sense of humor. So I feel like you understand what I'm saying. Like I feel like I don't know, Sandra Bullock, I feel like shaped a whole generation of like humor and certain personalities. 
Right, right. She, I think she did. It, it's a, it's a sense of humor that's like sort of off the wall. Yes, but in a way, makes perfect sense. Yes, and it's like it's contained just enough that you're just like, oh, okay. Like it's it's not too over the top. You try to be right. like. I feel like Izzy's listening to this, and she's like, they think they're funnier than they are. They're not. Really I think everybody's funny. listening to this saying that, but <laughs> they're all wrong. We're hilarious. We are hilarious. <laughs> and uh, Maddie, don't forget, uh, Wade thinks we're he's still funnier fighting. than. We're still fighting. He thinks he's funnier than you. He's ready to throw down. He didn't say you were funnier <laughs> than her, but I'm just I'm trying to add fuel to this feud. Um, I don't know why, but for some reason, I'm also going along with it. So, Maddie, I'm sorry, but I will at you. So. <laughs> Oh, bring it to Twitter, guys. I'll see you on Twitter. <laughs> this is my uh, first real Twitter feud. <laughs> exactly. Isn't it exciting? I'm not even, I'm not really a part of it. I'm just kind of feeling the flames, like, from behind. <laughs> I'm like a show mom. I'm like a Amy Poehler in Mean Girls, like, when she's dancing along with everything. That's me, like, with this feud. Just like, oh, <laughs> here we go. Somewhere, somewhere right now, Maddie's going, Courtney's being a dumbass, and I don't know why. And then I'm going to get a message once this airs. Like, why? what is wrong with you? And then you're going to be in a feud. So there you go. Um, um, but actually, I do want to talk a little bit about Cheryl, too, because Cheryl, uh, I think I, I think she's the best part of this movie. She has a lot of really funny lines in it as well. And it, she is the very much she's not she's not dumb, but she's just very naive, like especially like you see it when she answers the what's your favorite date. Right. Question. She, she's the classic pageant girl in this. Yes. Where she yes. just like kind of goes along with it because that's what she's supposed to do. Right. And <clears throat> I will say one time in college, I had a very Cheryl moment because I think it was like we were doing like, you know, when you go to college and they do like, I think it was for a dorm and they're like, oh, I get to know you. So you like we tossed this ball oh. and the ball had questions on it. And one of them was, what was, what's your favorite holiday? And because I'm an idiot, I took holiday like the Brits do and described <laughs> my favorite vacation I ever took. And everybody just blank stared at me. And I was like, oh, oh no, they meant, I should have just said like Christmas. Like I, I was just like, this is awful. This is so but horrible. to all of those people, that was their April 25th. Exactly. Like they had that moment of, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't think this was real. But someone literally just answered the April 25th thing, like, from his congeniality. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, so, like, there's also something relatable in Cheryl, even. And I think you're right. I think she is, like, she is, I think, what probably a lot of pageant queens are. Like, she's been doing this her whole life. I think she's just very nice. And she has, like, this great view of the world. And actually, she has a, this, I don't no, I think it might have just got over my head as a kid, and, or maybe it's just something I didn't. But we, we, there's a very like serious moment in it where Cheryl um, admits that she was raped by a college professor, and I, I think there's a good moment about it because it it normalizes it without trivializing it. Does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah, it, it's they do that scene so well. Yeah, and you can tell like make Sandra Bullock's character so angry because yes. that character would never have that happen to her. Right. And not like there wasn't necessarily opportunity, but just the person she is, she like would never not stand up for herself. And you can tell that Cheryl is the kind of person that doesn't know how to stand up for herself. 
And they just kind of subtly say that she was, she had this whole rape thing happen. And then Sandra Bullock's like, no, let's get up. We're going to learn. You're never going to have this happen to you again. Like, right. I can't believe it. It's just like right there for her. Right. And it is that, that it is that dynamic in the female relationships in this film that, that it does really well. And also it shows that there are, again, like there are, there are very different women, but neither are not, one's not stronger than the other. Like, right. and I, like, I hope, I hope I'm, I feel, I, I feel like I'm not explaining it all, but I hope I am. Like, it's just it. And then we get to the sing moment, which is later, which is, which is my other favorite part of this movie. But it is, it like you said, like Sandra Bullock gets so she's she's angry, but not at Cheryl. She's just angry that this happened and that right she didn't have the tools to stop this from happening. And I mean, it is that it is that statistic of a lot of women don't come forward because I think, and I think I, I can't remember if Cheryl says it, but she's like, well, why would I come forward? Like, who's right? Who's she, gonna she believe alludes, who? Yeah, she alludes to the fact that like no one's gonna believe her that this happened. Right. And it's a real serious moment in a movie that's not serious at all. No, and, and it, it, it's a very real moment as well. It is. And and especially like you said, like she has, and Sandra Bullock has this like righteous anger because she's like, no, you need to report it. And I think, I think this movie's you should everybody should watch this movie for a lot of different reasons. But I think this movie is a really great like. At, like I think everybody should just watch it to be like this stuff happens and this like it does get real in that moment and it, again it's very brief. Also, I really love that they went uh, as a kid. I remember watching this as a kid and being like, "Can't wait to be an adult so I can go to clubs where like you you right. you bang drums with paint and then you have shots that are like in like neon like lab equipment. Tubes. That's what it looked like. <laughs> like yeah, you're just like and then and then now I'm an adult and I'm like clubs don't do that. Like or I know at least clubs. I, the f first clubs i've ever been to <laughs> they didn't do that and i was like i'm done why am i here this is yeah. this is pointless i was like uh have you seen like like you guys are really your bar is very low have you seen this congeniality your club sucks <laughs> I'm like, like i had high standards and you just did not meet them you just ruined it oh you're just a regular bar where's my like, where's my this? drums with paint i don't understand what is happening <laughs> also as an adult i'm just like that looks like a, like that part of it looks like a horrible night out i'd be like i've paint all over myself what is happening? I need to get home and oh. shower immediately. Like, yeah, I would have fun for like five minutes and I'd be like, I'm done. I'm over this. It's too loud. I'm covered in paint. Yes. <laughs> I gotta go home. I was gonna say, so like kid Courtney was like, I can't wait to be an adult. That looks so fun. And then adult Courtney was like, that looks like an awful night. I can remember when they were just having pizza by the pool. That, that, that was, sounded that like was the night I wanted. <laughs> that was an ideal night. I don't know how we got there. I, I don't know how we got to the club. I, what, what are they doing? Go to bed. Right? <laughs> Um, and then another, um, relationship I kind of want to talk, uh, uh, speak to is, uh, obviously Gracie and, um, Candace Bergen's character whose name is eluding me, but she's the head of, um, the Miss America pageant, yes. um, and, and ends up being, she's, she's the citizen copy. So, uh, the citizen is the terrorist and they are not the citizen, but they use the citizen terror format. format in order to enact uh it's Candace Bergen and um her son uh, yes. are the two culprits. And so Candace Bergen's being pushed out, as is William Shatner. William Shatner is fantastic in this film. Um, oh, so good. 
He's so good. Stan is so funny. He has some lines that I always forget that he has. And it's like literally just, it literally is a laugh out loud moment. And it always catches me by surprise. Cameron, he says something. I literally, I like, I was taking a sip of my wine and I almost spit it out. Like, that's how good. Like, I mean, on toward the last half of the film, all of his lines are just so like good. perfect. They're perfect. Well, and it is, it very much is, I feel like he's a Miss America contestant that's just trapped in this body of someone who can never be a Miss America contestant. Right. So it's just kind of like, and he, cause he has a, him and, well, and then him and Cheryl are really funny in the second one. Cause they end up getting kidnapped yes. together in yes. the second one. They're very much the same person, just kind of split in two. Like, it's just right. like. Right. It, it's, he really is, he should be a beauty pageant contestant and he can't be. He's like, so I'll right. host it. <laughs> yes. And oh, William Shatner is very like. Listen, I'm I'm not a huge Trekkie, and I know that William Shatner belongs to the Trekkies. But honestly, I feel like this is his best work. Sorry, Trekkies. I I mean, this is how I knew him. This is how I I think I was introduced to him. <laughs> I, I think like, same. I love Star Trek, but he'll always be <laughs> Stan. <laughs> yes, he's just he's so funny in this movie, and he's he's just as funny in the second movie too. Um. Not to take away from Candace Bergen, who also she has one of another one of my favorite lines where Gracie tackles the guy um who was going for he was like going for something in his pocket oh, and she he saw was the gun. His lighter. Yeah. Yes. And so Gracie tackles him and she was like, I saw a gun and I reacted. And then Candace Bergen has the line, which I've lived in Texas, so I can't attest to this. She was like, Of course he has a gun. This is Texas. My florist has a gun. And it's just like the way she delivers it. And you're just like, yeah, (laughs) you're like, it's perfect. She does a great job of being fed up the whole movie. She's just fed up. (laughs) She is. She's fed up. Well, yeah, I I do like, especially when, um, because it's uh, Matthews and Gracie, they go to initially talk to her to say, oh, we're going to put someone in the pageant. And then she's like, great, who are we going to do? And then it just cuts to, like, Candace Bergen has a lot of great reaction shots. She's very, like, Mm -hmm. reactionary in this movie, which is a great foil for Sandra Bullock. But it it goes back to that, like, physical, understated physical comedy. Exactly. You don't have to say anything, but the right look, the right movement, and the right time is what it's about. Exactly. And it it really is. uh, This film, I, I I was very surprised to see the physical comedy in this film again it's not something i think we i feel like people don't appreciate it anymore because i feel like like you were saying like it is very subtle in this film and it's not like the three stooges and dick van dyke like what they used to do where it was very big and you know like it was in your face physical comedy it really is like and to see like to see two women be able to do physical comedy which i think before the like not before this just in general i feel like kind of feels like it belongs to men like so it's nice to see like like you said like they both do it really really well right excuse me um but uh and candace Bergen is very menacing in this film i think she's a great villain and um i do want to speak a little to that because we don't see a lot i I feel like people are afraid to make women villains for whatever i I feel like i'm very coming up very off like oh women don't get enough of this this and this in film i don't i don't mean to come off like that but this is a great film it's a lot like legally blonde where i feel like this movie like on this on surface level if you just hear it you're like well this movie can't be great for women and then you watch it and you're just like oh no it did a lot does that make sense right it's like it's weirdly feminist for a movie that you're like ah that's gonna like not the anti-feminist anything. almost yeah yes. yeah 
like because like on i feel like on paper like like I feel like if you describe this movie or Legal, Legally Blonde's the other one, I, the only other one I can really go back to because I feel like Legally Blonde, like you said, like it is weirdly feminist because you feel like it won't be because, especially because of the character of Elle Woods and you look at Elle Woods and she's surface level kind of everything people kind of hate about women like that, but she's also just very real in the same sense that Gracie's real. Um, I, I hope that's a good movie to compare it to. No, I, I don't know. I think it is. And I think they like, they came out at similar times. And so yes. they're doing a similar thing of like, this is the stereotype we have, but here's what it's really like. These are people too. Yeah. And like, you can't always judge that book by its cover. Right. It does, it does take <clears throat> the, and I, I, I do feel a lot like this in the, again, I don't, I feel like I'm getting on a soapbox and I don't want to get on a soapbox, <laughs> especially for a comedy. Like, but it does feel like a lot of times writers do put, especially these, the, like, the Miss America pageants and, like, Elwoods, like, into this box. And I love these movies because there is more to them. Like, all the contestants are different um, when we get right. to know them because we get to know New York, we get to know um, Hawaii, uh, Texas. Uh, the Texas contestant is literally every, every like, Texas mom I've ever encountered in my life. <laughs> that is how Texas mothers are. That was, that was completely 100% spot on. And it's just one of those things I'm like, oh, no, yeah, she is from Texas. And, um... Cheryl's from, she's from Connecticut. Rhode Island. She was Connecticut. Rhode Island. She's, oh, yeah. I knew, I knew it was one of the smaller ones. I couldn't remember though. Uh, I'm very bad with geography as well, so that didn't <laughs> help. Uh, and it, like, it shouldn't be like, I feel like this film shouldn't be groundbreaking, but it is almost groundbreaking because it shows, again, against the Miss America pageant. But then again, you you go back to Candace Burton's um, villain in this, and she she has layers too and it's just it's just refreshing to see like all the same things we we tend to apply with male um heroes and villains is applied in this movie in a really right. great way <clears throat> and there's like in in that sense of like a rom-com too the, yeah like sandra bullock's never like in any trouble or like a situation she can't really handle right and there's never anything that's like necessarily pitting her and agent matthews up against each other like that's right. their own little personal thing but when they at the end when they like finally kiss you're like oh that felt really natural and like we've been watching it happen the whole movie and so it right. seems like i mean for me this is probably one of the first movies i saw where it felt different from everything i had seen before yeah because it's not it's not, it, again, it's not, like, the romance really does take a backseat. It's almost, it's, it is, like, kind of Princess Bride in that, in that way, uh, where, like, this is very much the comedy and the romance. Like, it's a rom-com. Right. But it's very much, there's one and then the other, and the com the comedy is more front and center in this. Yes. And I, I, I do, I do agree, it does feel natural. Like, when they do kiss, you're, like, it is that moment of, oh, finally, they kiss. Like, it wasn't anything out of nowhere, like, it didn't happen just for the sake of happening like they were like oh and we have to rush and th suddenly this is a rom-com we have to put them together like it 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 was it was very natural and it was and and i like what you said because my mom my mom spoke to this a little bit last week like neither of them had to lose anything like a part of themselves or anything like thing like job wise to get together like right it, which, it wasn't like nothing really had to happen like sure she got quote-unquote pretty but 
Like, that's the only really big thing that happened. Other than that, it was them working a case on the job. Right. And they are equals. I mean, like, and it's because they they do. There's a scene um, where physically they're equals as well, because they have a scene where they're sparring on the mat. And and so they're equals in that way. But like and there's one uh, Matthews is chosen to lead this operation. But there's one part where Gracie's actually kind of like laying out everything as it should be. Like she probably should have been chosen to lead this operation. But Mm -hmm. because of the because she she kind of fucked up in the beginning. So that's why it doesn't happen. Right. Um, but she like lays everything out and Matthew's Matthew's just kind of like, yeah, let's do that. Like he doesn't ever, he doesn't doesn't go against her and you can, you can watch him throughout the movie as like when they first get to the pageant, all the dudes are like typical dudes and like, oh yeah, look at these chicks, blah, blah. And then towards the end when they're like. Uh, in moving the towards room something like, more, yeah. Moving towards something more. He's like more respectful, and he's like, "Guys, stop watching. Like, these are girls. Like, you know, right." So that was a nice little arc that I don't think I've noticed before. Of like, oh, they were kind of gross in the beginning, and then at the end, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things. Like again, like as we watch <clears throat> things now, and I think people are just more aware of things right. are problematic. And we can admit, like, again, you you have to take some responsibility as a fan as much as a creator of something to be like, this thing I love is problematic, but right. that's okay. Like, I can still love it, but I can admit, like, this wasn't good. I was watching that in the beginning. I was like, oh, they're like, they're like hooting and hollering at the girl. Uh-huh. And then like, you know, like they're, especially like when they're dressing up the female agents, mm-hmm. like in the, in that program where they're, and I was like, it, it does take a better turn because I think the film, just like Matthews, like he learns from it. So it's just kind of right. like. And I, I think that was nice to see is like it, it didn't take. It was just like people growing. That right. changed it. It wasn't like one action that was like, oh, I've changed my whole mind. It was like, oh, over time. I've right. come to see this happen. And I'm like, I understand why it's wrong. Right. And again, I mean, like. Especially, and I know, I know people complain, like, they're like, oh, everything's just PC now. And I don't think that's the case. I think, I think things were always wrong, but we just, we were able, we were like, oh, that's funny. And now we're just like, it really wasn't that funny. So like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just. Right, right. It's okay to grow. This, as this film shows, let's, let's wrap it. Let's bring it full circle. Like, as this film shows. (laughs) Like, it's good to, it's good to grow and say, hey, this thing I did before wasn't great. Now I'm saying it's not right. great. Like, Don't do it going for it. Like, right. like you I said, can like, make a Matthews grows. Right. And I can grow from it and I can learn from it. Just, like, give me a chance. Right. And, like, you know. No, I completely agree. Like, not everything is, obviously, nothing's black and white. And we've all done things. Oh, I yeah. constantly, I constantly say stupid shit. And then I'm just like, I go back and I'm like, oh God. But like, because just because they say something stupid, that shouldn't be like, I hope that's not how people define me for my whole life. Like, I hope they say, oh, she said something stupid, but she also said something else like better, like, you know, going forward. So like, I I don't think we should be defined completely by our mistakes. Some people should, some people are just horrible and should, but 
we, we grow as people. So, and I think that's a good, I think that's a good sentiment, this movie. I think, again, I think, I think me and you are applying deeper meaning to this movie than the writers of Miss Congeniality were ever hoping. But it is right. one of those. It's, it is nice to see. It is nice to, it is nice to find those deeper meanings in these movies. And that's why they're so, I think, like special to us. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's that thing of you grew up watching this. And right. when you're a kid, you don't know. Like, no. I, I, you don't know all this stuff. And, society wasn't that way and then you grow up and you're like oh i see it now and i kind of understand and like you learn you grow but it's just it's just a good movie it's a good film it is uh, and it hold it holds up and I, I, it is a testament to sandra bullock i think because honestly like all the movies i rewatch with her um they they just they hold up and but there's something about gracie hart that i've always loved and even in the second one, I do love the second one. They have kind of a regression transformation because she's she becomes the face of the FBI. And then she does right. kind of turn into that thing that I think she always kind of feared she'd turn into with a makeover like that um, a little bit. And so they, they, yes. they bring it back to original Gracie, which in her in her foil in that movie is Regina King, who is mm -hmm. phenomenal. In that I mean, I if we're going to say so the second movie is just as good. It is it's not a rom-com at all. There's nothing romantic about it. They no, really just isn't. leaned on the comedy. But that's they okay. Did. <laughs> well, and it's a it's a buddy cop film, and it's two women, right. and they're the buddy cops, which you don't get a lot with that genre. Um, so that's another refreshing thing. Like it, it, that's what I like about the sequel is it's the same thing as the first Miss Congeniality, but they took it and they said, all right, we already did the rom-com. We're doing the buddy cop comedy now. There doesn't need right, to be a right. romance, and exactly it work. It just works. Also, Nick Offerman is in this is in Armed and Fabulous, which is what the second one is called. And I totally didn't realize it until I watched it like two years ago, and I was like, Nick Offerman, are you in right. this movie? Like, <laughs> what are you doing here? It's uh, just no, like so pre Ron funny. Swanson. It is so funny because you're just like, what are you doing in this movie? Like, I'm not mad, but what are you doing here? No, it's like, not what you think of him at all. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And you, it, I guess and you again, aren't just for parks and rec <laughs> yes and it is it is pre-ron swanson and he is like he's supposed to be like a he's you know he's like a, he's he's like a tough like that's that's his character he's just like he's he's one of the antagonists and he's like a street tough and you're just like okay ron what is ron swanson doing here like when you go watch right. it you're just like what <laughs> are you doing here um i do like that I don't know. Like, and I do like that Sandra Bullock kind of picks those projects that goes against kind of type because she takes those and like, uh, she's, she's in while you were sleeping, which, which is a rom-com as well. Um, another like super relatable character. I also love, really love, uh, while you were sleeping. That's one of those movies I can quote. Like if ever we were in a movie theater and watching while you were sleeping and the projector went out, I could reenact that whole movie. It's sad, right, but right. I could do it. I love while you were sleeping. Um, but she does she she tends to pick projects uh, i think more so in the 90s but she she did it recently as well with the oceans movie that she did um but she does she picks those that they subvert a lot of just tropes in general but there's still that familiarity of those tropes if that makes sense right it's it's they have the tropes that you're expecting when you go to see whatever film it is but they've like reversed it in a way and yes. so you can kind of like, you're like, ah, I see what you're doing, but that's not how I would expect it to be done. Right. And I think, I actually, I do think like she tends to pick a lot of, a lot of the films she picks, it feels like 
they were just written in general. Like, they weren't written specifically for, like, a female character in mind. Like, they just wrote it like a regular character. Right, right. And that's, and there's, there's that everydayness about Sandra Bullock that just works really well. I really love Sandra. Sandra Bullock, I love you. I just, I just love you. That's it. I mean, that's <laughs> really what it comes down to. <laughs> Is yes. how much I love Sandra Bullock in any of her movies. <laughs> well, that's like because I think we talked when when you had, when you originally came on and he, we did Finding Nemo. Uh, you were like, I I will all, and we talked about it on the podcast. Like, I will literally do any Sandra Bullock movie, and I was like, same. Like, literally, right. I think we could have <laughs> talked any Sandra Bullock movie this month, and like we could have even talked Speed. Speed is kind of a romantic comedy. Oh, I if you really look at it. I did sit and I was like, can I twist it? <laughs> and I was like, you not can. as well as I can twist Miss Congeniality, but you can. <laughs> you can. It, it is. Listen, Sandra Bullock's very quippy in that movie. It has Keanu. Yes. It's, they, it's a great they, movie. It's. <laughs> oh, I was, there's, there's someone at work who hasn't seen as nearly as many movies as I have. He's probably very annoyed by it because like, I'm always like, you need to watch this movie. And I was trying to explain speed. And I was like, literally, there's a bomb on the bus and the bus can't, you know, like the typical speed plot. And then I was like, and it's Keanu and Sandra Bullock and they fall in love. And I was like, like, that is not anywhere near like the important part of speed, but it's a great part of speed because you're just like, right. Oh, that is wrong. I will, I will maintain. I'm, I'm with you there. I think you can twist speed is a rom-com. <laughs> Someone out there is like, no, it's not. It's like a heavy action movie. It, it is a heavy action movie, but it's also a rom-com. You right? can't argue it. I mean, Those are, you can't argue it. These are the facts. <laughs> these, these, the facts as we present them. <laughs> um, so, uh, moving a little bit away from miscongeniality and to rom coms in general, because we are celebrating rom coms in this month of Valentine's Day. Uh, what, what, what are your favorite tropes in rom coms? Like, what do you like to see in rom coms? Um, I'm not gonna lie, I love a good makeover montage. I think they're almost always dumb, and I think that's why I like them. They're always set to fun music, too. Like, it's, it's just, it's a fun, fun music, and it's always turning someone beautiful into someone beautiful. And yes. you're like, okay, come on. Like, <laughs> I, yes. I knew that's gonna happen, and it's kind of unrealistic, but it's always fun. It's always just what you want. <laughs> So what what movie do you think has the best uh like makeover montage? Because like the one that comes to mind immediately is actually not Miss Congeniality, it's actually Princess Diaries. That's the one that comes like immediately to mind. <clears throat> that that was that's the one that I think of the most. Yes. Because I would say like Miss Congeniality is more of not necessarily like the true transformation. It is a transformation, but there's behind it, there's like an ultimate goal to like save the pageant. Whereas right. like with Princess Diaries, it's really just to make her pretty. That's all it is. Yes. It's pure uh, vanity. The, it is. Like, the already pretty Anne Hathaway, who doesn't look bad before. Like, she just no. looks like, honestly, her hair in that movie, or with her hair and her glasses in that movie, that was, that was like, high-key me in, like, high school, like, constantly. And I was <laughs> like, oh, she looks exactly like me. This is what my hair does. That's... Right very relatable and then when she gets made over that's like whenever like you know like when homecoming would come around and my mom would pay extra like we'd go we'd go out and get my hair done up and stuff like that like that <laughs> would always feel like that princess diaries moment i'd be like oh i'm like pretty mia now like you know like right <laughs> 
And Mia was always like, not that Mia wasn't pretty, like that came out wrong, but you know, like I do love that about the transformation. No, it's, it's always, it's always taking somebody who is already pretty, but like they wore glasses or they had frumpy hair. And, and then, then they take it, they take off the glasses turning. and they're like, oh, look how beautiful they are. And you're just like, right. What? And then, and then someone realizes like, oh, I do love them. <laughs> and I'm yes. like, that's not how this works. <laughs> you're like, oh, 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 that's what I've been doing. That's why I'm still single. I as, taken as someone off my glasses. who genuinely looks better in glasses, I'm like, please, let's leave the glasses on. Some of us need the help. Dude, same. Also, I turn into Velma when I lose my glasses. I legit cannot <clears throat> oh, see. So if totally. that happens, I'm like, where are they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, yeah. Um, what what trope do you not like that always is in romantic comedies? Ooh. Um, I don't know. I really, I love a good rom-com. Um, <clears throat> I think sometimes they force the two characters to get together. Yeah. In a way that's like, uh, not necessarily like realistic or natural for the movie. And right. I don't always like, I don't always like how they end when they're like, oh, we got together. And you're like, yeah, but should you have? Right. Like, I'm I'm trying to think of a I'm trying to think of like a rom com that kind of does that, like I, I guess again, and this is a rom com in the barest sense of a rom com. I spoke to it a little bit last week, kind of like just friends. Like I feel like it wanted to be a rom com, and then they kind of those. I don't know. You have you seen Just Friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I if that makes <clears throat> sense. Like I feel like that's a good example of like. Because kind of at the end of it, they're both kind of, and I spoke to this again last week, like, they're both kind of horrible people, so they end up together, but at the same time, like, it doesn't feel like a triumph when they end up together. No. And I think this, and, and I can't think of, like, specific movies, but I know it's, like, a general feeling of, like, you've got, like, the guy that is kind of mean to the girl, or, like, even in, like, um, the Matthew McConaughey, Kate Hudson one, whose name escapes me. Oh, uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Yes. They start out hating each other yes and then through like one stupid bet they fall in love and you're like "Eh, but like would you have would you could you and you're like so they get together and you're like oh they're not gonna stay together no i mean that is that uh, and uh as i said last week i don't really like the ending of how to lose a guy in 10 days um and it's it doesn't, it, you're, you're very right with that. It doesn't feel like it isn't that moment of, it isn't that moment like we have a miscongeniality where they kiss and you're like, oh, finally. And I know they end up, they end up breaking up, um, Matthews and Gracie in the next movie. Right. Um, to make, to make it not a rom-com and to make it more of a buddy cop comedy. And I think also they just couldn't get Benjamin Bratt back. Um, right. So right. I think that was part of it. Um, so they were like, oh, just break them up. Like as movies are wont to do, but it is one of those, like, you don't, you don't get that sense of relief that they finally got together and had to lose a guy in 10 days. Like, you're just kind of like, oh, this is a rom-com and you told me that they get together, but it's not, there's nothing natural about it. Like you said, like, it's because of this bet that they make. And Right. And and I think like, there's a few rom-coms out there that, like, <laughs> that do it, that the characters for some reason got together and then they in the film and they're like oh i really love you and it's kind of like but do you but like but really do you yeah and it that's that's the thing about rom-coms is it is it is a very delicate balance 
Because, like, for every, for every, like, When Harry Met Sally, which I feel like balances it very well and does really well yes. with that, you do get kind of, like, which I, 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 I do love How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I feel like the past two episodes have made it sound like I don't like How to Lose a Guy. I do like it. It's a great it's a, movie. It's a fantastic film. <laughs> it's a fantastic film. It's really fun. Um, it's fun to see Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson's a lot of fun in that movie. Like, she gets to do yes. a lot. And she feels a, a lot like her mom in the best way in that mm-hmm. film. Because um, <clears throat> Goldie, Goldie Hawn did a bunch of rom-coms that are a lot of fun. Right. You know, like, so, it, so like, I, I do love how to, like, again, it sounds like I hate it. Like, this is not a How to Lose a uh, Guy in 10 Days, like, hate podcast, I promise. Like, I do <laughs> like it. But it, it, there is, like, that falseness to it. And it does play into that, that kind of, the, it plays it. It's a rom com in the worst way, if that makes sense. Right. Because it plays right. in all those what I kind of like, bad tropes. And that's what like I love about the <clears throat> romance part of miscongeniality is from the beginning you can kind of see that they had this little thing that like they just kind of yes. weren't acting on, and then as they progress and as the film moves on, at the end you're like, ah, okay, this is natural. And like, yes. even though they don't stay together for the second one, it's not like heartbreaking. No, I mean it's this. This movie comes to its conclusion. Honestly, if there wasn't a sequel, I like it concludes, and I, I like if there wasn't a sequel that told us they broke up, I would be like, oh, they stayed together. Like, right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, and you know, I, and I don't like calling out like I, I feel like that's mean to say. What's your least favorite rom com trope? Like, you know what I mean? But they, they're so tropey, and they have so many that like, and it is a I variety mean, that. It's a standard, you know, you go into a rom-com, you know what's going to happen. Right. You know, like, you know, you're going to have, like, like, you know, you're going to have that dark moment, which this one does. <clears throat> you're going to have that revelation of, oh, I've actually, like, that's another thing I kind of like. It's the, oh, I've been in love with you this whole time. And I didn't realize, again, I maintain he's, he was in love with her the whole time and she was kind of blind to it. So she's the one that gets that realization in this movie. I, yeah, I think when she when she uh, is coming back from having like a bad midnight practice, and she does the first round of like, "You think I'm gorgeous?" George, oh. wanna, that whole thing. I think that's when he realizes, like, "Oh, I can yeah. do this." Yes, and I think because she obviously has to have some that different confidence in herself to allow. Her, yes. you know what I mean. It, like, it came down of, to her. Yes. Which I do like as well. And I do, I do like that. And Man Up did this a little bit too. Like, it does subvert the trope of, like, the, the man doesn't always have to be the cynic. Like, sometimes right. the woman is the cynic. And I think that's how Gracie was and then progresses over the film. So I think that it, it does tend to, like, if you watch rom-coms, it does tend to lead more towards the, the men tend to be the cynic. So I do like when it's, like, the woman that's the cynic. Cause that's, right. that's just life. Like, it's right. not, it made you it know, feel like her choice. Yes, exactly. Like, it, it didn't feel like that's a yes. It, it's not like that rom com trope where she was just like, oh, well, I'm out of options. So he's my option. Like, he's he's going to be my whole world. Whereas this was exactly. a natural. <clears throat> look at us. Look at us just dissecting rom coms very well. Oh, I might add. <laughs> just throw Boom. out some lab coats. Exactly. Um, and I think. um we talked about this a little bit because of Gracie's kind of personality in this is, do you think there, this is kind of a two part question. Do you think there's like a, a romantic rom-com leads personality type 
And do you, like, there's different ones I, I feel like. And if so, which one, which one do you think is like your favorite kind of rom-com hero or heroine? Oh man. Um, I mean, obviously there's different like lead types, right? but I think like the main one is like, uh, you know, girl who's unconfident and guy who like <clears throat> is maybe overly confident. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the film, they almost switch places and yes. that's when they fall in love. <laughs> yes, I do. I I absolutely love that. And, um, man, uh, man up does that really well. I don't, have you seen man up? I, I feel no, like no one's seen I that ha- movie. I always scrolled past it <laughs> and I was like, I've seen the cover art so many times and I've just yes. never, I, for whatever reason, the like tagline that showed up never got me. What's the like, tag? I don't know I'm, I'm the- curious. I don't I don't know what it is, but like I remember sitting there scrolling and like looking at it and being like, uh, I don't know. That yeah. that doesn't seem great. <laughs> well, and also uh, to be fair, like Man Up's title isn't really that great, but like when you when you watch it, like the title makes sense cuz at some point Simon Pegg tells her to man up. Like he it's a very I mean, funny like, line listening to guys up. discuss it made me want to watch it so much. And as somebody who's watched all the American Girl movies, I'm not opposed to trash, <laughs> so like nothing should stop me from watching anything. But for whatever reason, I always scrolled past it, and now I'm like, "Ooh, I gotta watch this movie. Put that on the list." <laughs> well, and I also feel like whenever it came out, I feel like it wasn't heavily advertised, and it was also kind of in that weird. We've had a weird period of like ten years where rom coms weren't a thing, and then like two years ago, suddenly rom coms were back. Especially like Netflix put out a bunch of rom coms, and then you had like right. Crazy Rich Asians and. <clears throat> so like it was i think it was in a weird like time where like if it had come out two years later it would have been perfect right if it had come out just a little bit later yes. that would have been like oh obviously i've watched this but it definitely was like when it came out nobody was doing rom-coms they had kind of like no. gone to the wayside yes I, I don't even know what Catherine heigl was during that doing during that period probably yeah. nothing she was hiding in a cave she was you know? She was hiding in a cave and pissing people off because that's what Catherine Heigl right. does. <laughs> Sorry, Catherine Heigl. I do like you, Catherine Heigl. I didn't mean to be that. That, was a, that was a cheap love shot her, at you. But everybody hates her. Yeah, I think she's. I think she's a little difficult to work with. I, that's I, what, that, you know. So go the rumors. To be the consensus. <laughs> I mean, again, I do love her, and Twenty Seven Dresses is one of my favorite movies. Oh, like, I love Twenty Seven Dresses. So good. That, I was gonna say that all that is also like almost a perfect rom com. Um, yes. Like it, it's just ugh. And James Marsden's in it. I don't feel like he gets enough love. I feel like he always gets. He always kind of just gets kind of like pushed to the side. I love him. Yeah, he's in the no, new. That's very true. He, he's in the new Sonic movie, which I saw, and I was and I got about halfway through the movie. I was like, James Marsden, why are you doing this movie? Like, what are you? <laughs> what are you doing? He's perfectly he's perfectly fine in it. And that movie's that movie's a it's a kids movie, so it's it's a very good kids movie, but it's just like, what uh-huh. are you doing in this movie? <laughs> no offense to Sonic. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. But what was James Martin doing in that movie? Just Right, right. Um, and uh before uh we wrap up, I wrote something in my notes that I cannot even read. I don't know what Courtney was writing. Um what um I spoke I've spoken a lot about rom com soundtracks and uh I caught my mom off guard last week. But uh is there like a favorite song or like a typical song you like that is in rom coms for okay. you, like that you think of? 
I was prepared for this question because I've listened to both February episodes. And (laughs) I have to say that then he kissed me, Mm -hmm. which I think is, is, that's the like uh, babysitter's one. And then that's what Yes, Adventures of Babysitting. Adventures of Babysitting, and they use it in PS I Love You, or um, To All the Boys I Loved Before. Which I and just watched, it, and literally they started out with it. I was like, they're doing yes. an homage to Adventures of Babysitting, which I love Adventures of Babysitting. I literally was like, oh my, I was so excited. I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, truly, anytime I've ever heard that song, I'm like, oh, it's so perfect for a rom-com. It really is. <laughs> It really is. Like, it, it. I think it is the perfect rom-com song. They actually used it in a, a rom-com that came out last year that I feel like was also underrated, which was Long Shot with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. They used it in that movie, too, it and I was like, It that, perfect. wasn't it? It was, because it's when he's, and when he's running to go find her. Yes, And he has, yes. like, the, he, which is my favorite rom-com trope, is the, the running to, like, you realize that you're in love with someone and that you want everything to stop, like, you, your life to actually start. Like, that's my favorite trope. And he's running and it's to, and then he can, like, that was, like, someone was, like, what will make Courtney Garbera very happy? And they were, like, put this in the movie. And it was perfect. Like. Okay. And I will say, to throw us totally in a weird direction. I also thoroughly enjoy the like Santa Anna wins piano riff of the holiday. Yes. And it's so good. It is every time I hear it, I'm like, if this and then he kissed me were in every rom com, it'd be perfect. It was like, like it literally <laughs> would be like the cherry on top of every rom com. It it's just such a good little piano riff throughout that whole movie. It is. And it's so nice. I feel like people don't know about it. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you. it's so good like the holiday is another one of those and i do like the holiday does another trope i really like is kind of finding a a a romantic lead you're not expecting because i really like jack black in that movie Um, yes if you had ever told me a movie was gonna make jack black romantic no offense jack black i you're you you are perfectly awesome guy school of rock's one of my favorite movies i think you're amazing at it but like if you had told me like he's not a typical romantic lead which is what i really love about the holiday like, obviously, you have the, you have kind of, like, the pretty people romantic tropes with Jude Law and Cameron Diaz. Like, yeah, you, you both are beautiful. We get it. You're pretty. Right. You end up together. And then you have Kate Winslet and Jack Black. And you're just, like, I, I like their romance a lot more than Jude Law's and Cameron Diaz. Oh, it's a much better so, like, romance story. It is. And it has the Santa Ana wins, like, part, the, the, that part, that little piano riff, like you said, uh, a part of it. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, no, I, I, like, as soon as you asked that question, the first one, I was like, oh, that stupid little piano riff. It's so <laughs> I good. I think about and, you it know, every I, time. <laughs> it is one of the, I think it is underrated, and it's not something I think of all the time, but as soon as you said it, it, it is, it's perfect. It just, it's, it's a nice little moment, and it right. just, like, like, it, it captures the romance. Long, and you're just like, oh, yeah. perfect. It is, it's just, no, I completely agree with you. And you agreed with my, and then he kissed me, so, you know. I did, because I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, I don't know, like, I'm not, uh, music, like, they put Blackpink into To All the Boys I Love Before, and I was like, this is the music I'm here for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you should have seen, like, Twitter, Twitter, because, like, it was trending and stuff, and obviously everybody was like, oh, I'm team, I'm, you know, team this or team that, and then someone was like, oh. We should all be Team Blackpink because when when they showed up in the movie, I just lost my shit, and I was like, huh? "Yeah, there you go." Like, I like did. everybody I lost did their lose shit my with shit. It. I was like, oh, "They they they know what K-pop is." <laughs> well, 
You know, it's so funny because uh, the 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 to all the boys I loved before and its sequel, they both have really great soundtracks, and they use songs that I don't think you would have expected to pop up in romantic comedies. But now that you like, when you hear them, you're like, why wasn't why isn't why right. are these songs all romantic? <clears throat> and comedies? that's what I've like done with like Mustang Sally. Yes. And like to me, that's a rom com song, and I know yes. it's not. <laughs> no. But it's like they use it so well in miscongeniality that you're just like well, right, yeah. and I'm like, like I'm like yeah, give it to me. Every time I think about it, all I think about is this beautiful transformation and then tripping. Exactly. I'm like and that's it's all just, I want. It, it's such. I was about to say like I think that moment of miscongeniality is like these like this is what I want from all my characters in films. Like that little moment of she comes out, she's had this makeover, but. You can tell she hasn't changed because she trips. Like, that's that's what that's right. meant to represent. And it's just, right. like, that's a perfect movie moment, and I love it. And I feel like they use it in movie montages. Like, especially when Sandra Bullock's involved, like, that's a scene that they always use. And it's like, that's yes. a perfect character moment. You've told me everything I need to know about that character in less than ten seconds. Like, exactly. Like, that's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. Like, I love when they, I love the, I love the physicalness of that. And, Yeah. Just bringing it back to miscongeniality. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wade, we have been talking for over an hour about miscongeniality, which I don't hate because I love both those movies. Honestly, if you haven't seen the first one, go see it and then I mean, watch the second one. We didn't even talk about the second one. That's a whole other I know, podcast. That's, that's <laughs> hey, I was about to say that's another episode. Because um, Armed and Fabulous is armed and it is fabulous. And fabulous, and it's amazing. It's so good. Look, guys, literally, she. She she runs after who she thinks is a fake Dolly and, and tackles Dolly, Dolly Parton. Parton. And, and how they got Dolly Parton to do it, I'll never know. But I'll it never just made know, me love her it, so much more. It's so good. And she, she Sandra Bullock is literally like chasing her, I think, through like the Venetian and, and uh -huh. Las Vegas just going, come back here, fake Dolly, like running after her and then tackles her. Like, if that doesn't right. make you want to watch that movie, I don't know how else to sell this movie I to don't you. know. I mean... <laughs> I'd, you need to reevaluate your life choices because you, you should really go watch do. Armed and Fabulous. <laughs> uh, but wait, thank you very much again for coming on and talking uh, Miss Congeniality and for coming on for my rom-com month. I was very excited when I decided to do it. And I think I texted you right away. I was like, do you want to do one of my rom-com month episodes? Because <laughs> I love rom-coms. It's so good. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, I am always down. I, uh, You see more movies than I do, but I like to think I'm a close third. So I was about to, Always I, was about to say, I, I do feel like you've seen just as many movies as I do. And you, you, I feel like we nerd out so, like similarly for those movies, like in like at the same way. Like, I think like, again, I feel like me and you, we're, we're very similar, like with how we nerd out. So I'm, I'm always having to talk movies because you get my, you get my weird. If that makes sense. Right. We went, we went to the same school of humor. So yes, exactly. The miscongeniality slash school of humor. We're right there. And a plus. Exactly. And you just established a feud in this episode, so I'm glad I could have been here to foster yeah, that. You know, I couldn't establish fake ads, but I established a feud, so There we I'm go. Really yeah, Maybelline never got back to, put to me. Your, trying to put you on the map. And I think we are as no, iTunes number one rated. Um, yes. I think it's Again. a Spotify most subscribed. So I, I think I you're think doing so. a great job. I think no one should do any research to that. I think they should just take our words for it. <laughs> No, uh, this, is, don't... this is the internet. It's podcasts. It's truth. Exactly. There's no fake news on this podcast. We are number one <laughs> everywhere. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're number one everywhere. I'm here to I'm here to make fake Maybelline ads when they don't respond. Again, Maybelline. Yeah, I was what's up? a little sad about that. What was that about? I know. 
And you know what? And like, you know, like Wendy's and all the other like major brand Twitters, they always interact with people. And then Maybelline was yeah. just like, uh-huh. like, man, you got to go for this chicken nugs at Wendy's. Be like, what's up? Exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to tag Wendy's in this. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I'm going to start it. I started I helped, I helped foster the feud between you and Maddie. I'm going to start a feud between Wendy's and Maybelline for whatever reason, <laughs> just because I uh, like chaos. These are the feuds the internet lives for. Yes. Maddie and Wade and Maybelline <laughs> and Wendy's. <laughs> the, every, so, someone stopped listening at some point and just like I just no, they, they started talking they about kept going. Ma- they, they're Maybelline and Wendy's just like all of us exactly for this number one rated podcast of all time yeah yeah it's you know you know if like yeah it, it might like cereal might technically be number one but like we're better than cereal sorry cereal, sorry Sarah no, Koenig we just eat that for breakfast exactly boom I like that look at that puns puns for days <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all i have <laughs> <laughs> again it's that sandra bullock school of comedy that we came from uh wait thank you again for coming on and again guys this has been uh ghost facing at the podcast where i talk favorite films with my favorite people and uh we're wrapping up our rom-com month next week uh i'm gonna have my brother back and we are gonna talk the ultimate romantic comedy we're gonna talk when harry met sally so tune in for that uh but thank you guys and i'll see you next time